0: From WOUB News, you're listening to The Outlet, where campus meets community. I'm Connor Keurig.
1: And I'm Elise Hammond. Welcome back. Each week on The Outlet, we bring you stories from the Athens and Ohio University communities.
0: The annual Interfaith Peace Walk honored the victims of 9-11 on the attack's 16th anniversary. The peaceful march brought together a diverse crowd of more than 100 OU students and Athens residents. I spoke with people involved and the man behind the event.
1: And later, Judy Woodruff came to Ohio University. Hear what she has to say about what it means to be a good journalist and how the press can regain trust in the American people.
2: We have to focus on our job, work as hard as we can, get the facts straight, and when we make a mistake, which we will inevitably do, admit it. Say, I got that wrong, apologize, and move on. Correct it, uh, and keep moving.
0: We'll give you all the details and more coming up right here on the Outlet.
1: More than a hundred people walked together on the anniversary of 9-11 in the seventh annual Interfaith Peace Walk. There was prayer, singing, and a candlelight vigil, and above all, a calming sense of unity and peace. With the story, our outlet reporters Connor Keurig and Caitlin Coolidge.
0: bagpipes a Jewish prayer verses from the Qur'an and a classic Christian hymn You couldn't have heard a more diverse ensemble of sounds to go with such a diverse group of people, women and men, Athens residents and OU students, Muslims, Quakers, Catholics, Methodists, people of Jewish faith, agnostic, atheist, and still more. They walked through Athens together, unified by at least one common desire, peace.
3: As you walk, I want want to ask you to take the opportunity to talk with people to connect, to share your dreams about peace and to hear theirs, to build relationships.
0: That was Evan Young, campus minister at United Campus Ministries. He served as the event's MC and started the Interfaith Peace Walk seven years ago with Better Together and other organizations. He stresses just how important a gathering like this is.
3: I really like bringing people from all of those disparate communities together, and giving them an opportunity to talk with each other, to get to know each other, to find out more about each other's lives, each other's uh, faith lives, the kinds of issues that they're concerned with, and and to imagine things that they might do together.
0: The Peace Walk honors the lives lost on 9-11. It's a place to talk, to learn, and to strengthen an understanding and acceptance of people that are different. And what this does is send a message to onlookers that peace comes when all kinds of people learn to move together at the same pace. This
3: is not, this is not a chanting and yelling march. There's not a lot of messaging beyond the visual that's, that's happening at this. So, they'll see that. Maybe they'll be curious.
0: President Dwayne Nellis kicked off the walk by stressing the importance of diversity and inclusion during his speech on top of the stairs in front of the Episcopal Church of the Good Shepherd.
3: We need to celebrate what makes us diverse. We're a better university. We're a better community by the inclusivity that comes from the spectrum of all the people that are part of this community.
0: Susan Howell, an Athens resident for 40 years, agreed with Nellis. She said she walked because she's a longtime Quaker. And Quakers have always looked for peaceful solutions.
2: There are problems that need to be solved, but it, guns and bombs don't do it.
0: Susan and the other walkers met in front of the Church of the Good Shepherd and from there crossed College Green to the sound of bagpipes. Flags dotted the grass to represent lives lost in the terrorist attack 16 years ago. The crowd moved up Court Street into Ohio University's Hillel House, or Zach Reezes, a junior at OU, led the crowd in reciting a Jewish prayer for healing.
1: May we all awaken to the good in our lives, never take the freedom of
0: power for granted, and live every day with gratitude. And let us say, amen. 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 Evan Wilcoff, a university faculty member and alumni, says living every day with gratitude starts when we're grateful for the people around us, despite differences. It's teaching, and it's spreading love and understanding. And I think when the world starts to honor and recognize and practice that more is when violence is going to start decreasing and hate crimes are going to lessen. As dusk fell, the crowd arrived at OU's Islamic Center, where a traditional prayer from the Quran was recited. After candles were passed out and lit, Young led the crowd in singing This Little Light of Mine before ending with a blessing of peace and an invitation for food provided by the Muslim Students' Association. Unity despite diversity. That's what Reverend Young has always wanted this peace walk to represent. And that's what it is now. The sky was overcast, but that just made the candles seem even brighter. Plus, the clouds couldn't stop this image of unity from becoming a colorful, moving tapestry of peace.
3: I see I see white people and brown people and black people and men and women and every gender imaginable. And I see you all together.
0: For the outlet, I'm Connor Kirik. The renovations and extended hours are bringing changes and challenges to the student overnight staff at Alden Library. Our reporter Elise Hammond has the story.
1: It's 10.30 p.m. and Ryan Kluge is heading to the library. While some are gearing up for a long night of hitting the books in Alden, Ryan is heading to work. He's the overnight supervisor and will be working till about 7.30 tomorrow morning. And then when his shift is finally done, he'll head to class. The
3: past couple days have been feeling a little, I don't want to say under the weather, but like a little worn out, but also like I just normally feel worn out regardless.
1: And he's not the only one. Two floors in Alden Library, the second and fourth, are now open 24 hours, and overnight student employees and supervisors are working more than ever before. Ryan works the graveyard shift five days a week. Each night he oversees eight student employees with the help of three other supervisors. But even with this many people, Ryan says they do not have enough help to cover the fourth floor, and they are looking to hire two more overnight employees. But getting people to work overnight is not as easy as filling daytime positions.
3: We definitely don't have the vast sea of applications if we had, were looking for daytime hours. But we, we have uh, managed to find some people.
1: Although the employment aspect of these new hours may be difficult, two 24-hour floors is a moment that many people at Ohio University have been waiting for. While finding people to staff the new 24-hour floors is a bit of a challenge, getting students to take advantage of the new hours is not. Some students, like French and Spanish major Jillian Kinsley, see it as a liberating expansion of space in the late hours of the night.
4: You know, it's not only the second floor now, it's the fourth floor, and it's just like both floors aren't as crowded. Oh, hopefully they won't be as
1: crowded anymore. And for others, like Jenna Hooper, it's extra time to get everything done. I work for the campus as a job and I just got off at 9.30. So if they keep the library open, it gives me time to go home and change after work and like come here
4: and get the state of mind to work on my papers.
1: Dean of Library Scott Seaman says the overnight space expansion has been in the works for years. But before that could happen, there were many expensive projects that had to be completed first, like new elevators that would electronically bypass floors at different times of the day and new restrooms in order to meet building codes. But Seaman says he thinks the money was well spent and the expansion was very necessary.
0: Oftentimes people forget we're not Columbus, Ohio, we're not Cleveland, Ohio, or Cincinnati. There aren't all these restaurants in town that are open 24 hours and they're within walking distance of campus. It's Alden, even Baker is closed.
1: In addition to the elevators, students will now have to use their IDs to swipe into the library between midnight and 8 a.m. Seaman says this was added to make sure students and staff are safe overnight. All these changes are geared towards one thing, helping students succeed. And a tip from Ryan, the best time to take advantage of the new hours without the crowds, 3 a.m. to 7 a.m. That is, of course, if you're up that late. For The Outlet, I'm Elise Hammond. PBS NewsHour anchor Judy Woodruff came to Athens last week. She sat down with The Outlet's Abby Grze.
4: A packed auditorium in Ohio University's Schoonover Center is on their feet. Thunderous applause rings out, a large standing ovation. At the front of it all stands a petite woman in a tailored red blazer. She's smiling, but is humble. PBS NewsHour anchor Judy Woodruff was presented with the Carvananda Award for her excellence in the field of journalism on September 12th. The Scripps School of Journalism gives out the award each year. Ms. Woodruff spent her day on Ohio University's campus talking to classes, meeting faculty and students, and even paying the WOUB newsroom a visit. She was inquisitive and kind and gracious enough to sit down with us for a quick interview. Take a listen. I want to pick your brain a little bit coming from a young journalist standpoint. Uh-huh. I think we're in a very interesting time with how people are feeling about the press. Mm-hmm. Do you think now is a good time to go into journalism?
2: Absolutely. There's never been a more important time to go into journalism than right now. Uh, the stories have never been more important than they are. You could argue that about any time in American history but right now we are living through a period of relative economic prosperity but we have a brand new president who uh, we're still learning, we're still uh, understanding who he is and what his priorities are. Uh, He and the people around him have been very critical of the news media. Uh, I think in many ways undermined the news media uh, in the eyes of the American people and so I think it's more important than ever before since I don't remember that happening in the past It's more important than ever before that reporters do our jobs, do our work, do our homework, get our facts right, get the information out there, and just keep reporting and not be deterred or uh, in any way set back by those criticisms. Um, We need a free press in this country. That's the foundation of our democracy. Look around the world. How many countries don't have a free press where reporters can't ask, can't talk openly, about what's going on, we can do that in the United States. We don't, we're not going to be thrown in jail because we said something critical of a politician, or or shot, or, or something like that. We can we can do that. We've got to stand up for that. I mean, it's part of the, it's the First Amendment. It's what we're all about. And I think we we've got to you know stick to the work that we do and do it and do the best job we can every day. So on that note.
4: What can journalists now, and journalists of the future, how can we regain the trust of the American people?
2: By doing our job, by every day, coming to work, uh, which now, by the way, is 24-7. <laughs> I mean, there's no there's no off time anymore, by the way, for journalists. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're working all the time. Uh, in Washington, for example, uh, the, the news hour, we're on five nights a week, the hour program, Monday through Friday, we're on the weekends for half an hour. But we're online 24-7. We're pushing our stories out on social media 24-7. We're always working. Wherever I go, I'm gathering information, and my colleagues feel the same way. At any given time, a story can break. And we have to focus on our job, work as hard as we can, get the facts straight. When we make a mistake, which we will inevitably do, admit it. Say, I got that wrong, apologize, and move on. Correct it. Uh, And keep moving. Um, We can't be slowed down by uh, the noise out there. The people who say, "Well, all journalists, journalists, you know, there's fake news. uh, Journalists all have an agenda." Yes, there are journalists who do have an opinion agenda. There are plenty of journalists out there who uh, are really got into this business to express their opinion, Uh, and that's that's one thing. But the public needs to understand the difference between opinion and reporting. And straight reporting. And as somebody who came along as a reporter, that's still what I do. That's what I. That's my bread and butter. I don't know. I don't want to do anything else. Uh, and again, for all of us, we have to keep on doing what we do. Yeah. Um, and then just lastly, as you see, we have pretty
4: much a full-fledged newsroom, or we like to call it that, um, all through public media. Where do you see the future of public media going?
2: I think public media is a crucial part of the journalism landscape in this country um, because we don't have the commercial constraints of, say, the broadcast networks, the cable channels. Um, they have to pay attention to the number of eyeballs who are watching. They have to pay very close attention to whether, uh, you know, they need to cover celebrity news or or, or um, stories that may or may not matter a whole lot in the lives of the american people but maybe they're interesting um and i'm trying to think of a good example i mean we don't for example the news hour we don't typically cover kim kardashian uh or or a lot of hollywood news it's not to say it's not interesting Mm -hmm. but we don't view it as as making a difference in people's lives in in a in a truly you know in a way that matters Um, In in public media, we have the freedom, I think, to stick to what's important. We get up in the morning, we go to work, and it's all about what do do people really need to know in order to be good citizens, in order to be contributing members of our society, whether it's about their community, their state, the country, the world. That's what drives us, or whether it's science, or education, or the arts, or, or the environment, or health. Um, what, how, can, how can we help people be better citizens of this country? That's what drives us, not how many eyeballs are watching. It's not to say we don't want people to watch. We do. We don't, we're not trying to drive people away. We don't want to be boring. We want them to watch. We want them to pay attention. Um, so we have to be interesting. But there's a way to make news and information interesting and compelling, and it's our job to figure out how to do that. Take what's important and figure out how to make it interesting. That's what we try to do at the news hour every night. And I think that's the challenge for all of us in public media.
4: Thank you to Ms. Woodruff for her fantastic insights on the future of journalism and Washington today. For The Outlet, I'm Abby Griset.
1: That's it for our show this week. Thanks for joining us.
0: The outlet is co-produced and co-hosted this week by me, Connor Kirick, and Elise Hammond.
1: We're edited by Atish Baidia, Susan Tebbin, and Allison Hunter.
0: Adam Rich is our technical assistant. Our theme music is performed by Ryan Gabos.
1: Subscribe to the outlet on SoundCloud and iTunes, or find us online at woub.org. You can also follow us on Twitter at outlet underscore woub. We'll be back next week with more stories from the Athens and Ohio University communities.
0: Thanks for listening.